You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode number nine. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And we're here today with Mike Federale from Tidewater Comic Con. Hi, Mike. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? Doing very good. Thank you. So, Mike, we wanted to talk to you uh, about the convention and, uh, and kind of how, how you got going on this year. But uh, why don't you start off by uh, just telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, my name is Mike Federale. I, uh, I'm a comic book writer. Um, I'm a convention organizer. I'm a... I guess songwriter too. So uh, I do a little bit of everything. So, so are you uh, are you a Tidewater local? Or a yeah, I live. I live in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I live in Virginia Beach. I've lived here like most of my life. So yeah. Okay. So uh, what what is what's kind of what's your uh, your history with with conventions? Um, I've gone to a ton of conventions. You know, um, I've I've sold books at conventions. I've seen conventions. I've gone just for the fun of it. I've. Um, attended friends, you know, attended conventions with friends who are going like to win cosplay costumes and or contests and all that. Um, it's just something that I really, really wanted to do here. So like, and and learning a little bit more about it and seeing some bigger conventions and kind of getting a behind the scenes feel for it and studying them and all that kind of stuff. It's just like the area really, really needs it in its time. And obviously, by the attendance, everybody else agrees. So, uh, what was your first convention? Um, that's a tricky one. Um. Well, 20 years ago, the first one I ever went to was probably the small conventions at Pembroke Mall. Um, a lot of people don't remember those because they were just like in between the shops, like in the hallways, basically. No uh, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there wasn't – it It was uh, – a lot of people would, would say that that was like uh, at the time before they remodeled and stuff that it was like a bit of a dirt mall. Um, <laughs> and a little so, bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, um, I, I, I would see those and love those and I would just really, really look forward to those and they would do them a couple times a year and then like – just all at once, they just stopped doing them. And then I think I want to say in like the in the two thousands or something like that, there was a there was one convention like really really hyped up, and it just didn't it just didn't get anywhere. And then so nobody else tried it for a long long time. And then all the shops just kind of got big, you know, and then just kind of kept to themselves. And now it's like, well, now we're at that point where conventions are the big fun thing to go do. So yeah, really, yeah, absolutely. So my, it kind of. You know what inspired you to do the uh, the Tidewater Comic Con? I know you just said that it's been a long time since the regions had one. It's just that simple. That's it. Like there's, it's um a lot of people ask me that, and I, I the thing that I say is uh it's like, um, everybody wants to ha- go to a party, but nobody wants to have it at their house. You know, so like I had to be the one to step up and say, okay, I'll rent a venue, all this, all that, and like I'll put the money down and I'll take the big risk. But like, I I really just want everybody to come out and like and help me make it a big show and. So far, it's been going great. Awesome, yeah. I, I had the uh, the opportunity to go to the first one, uh, helping out at the uh, the Borderless booth. Nice, awesome. <laughs> yeah, and and it was I was I was impressed. There were a ton of people. There was a lot of a lot of good people there, and it was a lot of fun. When you say good people, you mean you mean I, I mean I mean vendors. <laughs> oh, no, I mean I mean I mean I mean vendors. I mean a lot of enthusiastic people. Right. People who really wanted to wanted to be there and were excited that, that this was going on. Yeah, that's. I guess that was like the. I guess my favorite thing was like people coming up and saying thanks, and it was like it really wasn't the kind of thing that people needed to thank. It was like, look, this is you know, this is a business like any other, but it's like it's awesome to see that like a family comes out and has a good time, or like um, you know the vendors did well, so they're looking to do, look forward to doing it again. Um, 
I the the biggest problem was that the um, and uh, you can attest to this since you were there was the uh, um, how many people came out for the first one versus the amount of space. So it's like we've we've solved that problem by going to a much much bigger venue. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. It was what thirty five hundred people. Um, it's thirty five hundred. <laughs> it's thirty five hundred three. The only reason I know that is we took a picture of the little clicker thing, um, but we also had. We didn't know this, but like the like somebody came forward later and kind of admitted this was like the last two or three hours nobody was manning the back door, so people were coming straight in through the back door. So oh, our numbers are off, but we know that you know it's like I'm fine with saying that it was 3,500 people, but like you know, truth be told, it was a little more than that. But you know, we can't I can't verify that. So right now, what were your uh, your uh, your projected numbers um, initially? We had a lot of people tell us that we'd be lucky if we got 200 people, which was an average turnout in. Probably like 1994 for the like the Pembroke shows, and it was like okay, like but then they didn't have you know social media being what it is, so I told myself it's like well look you know if I get a thousand that's great if I get two thousand that's ten times what people project, so the numbers that we got just absolutely blew me away, but but to be honest with with as many people I've been meeting since then it's like you see so much enthusiasm for like a, just a, a really good example is. Um, have you guys seen the TV coverage when they do San Diego Comic-Con? Oh, absolutely. Have you guys both seen it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and like how, just how awesome that is. And like, you see like the streets are flooded with people in costumes and everybody's having a great time and like special guests come out and it's like, there's absolutely no reason why that can't happen. First of all, everywhere, but especially here. It's like, there's, there's definitely the fan base for it here, you know, as, as pointed out by how many people showed up. We also have a lot of um, other specialty festivals like the Blackbeard Festival and, and things like that that have that same kind of um, spillover effect. There are block parties. There are people in costume everywhere. I don't know if you ever go to Hampton during that time, but it is a huge draw, and it's just so much fun. I mean, all of the ships come up the um, up the river and right. um, harbor, or they drop anchor right there, and then there's just parties all weekend long. It's crazy. So, yeah, I've, absolutely. I've seen some, um, I've seen some really good like block party style stuff in Norfolk. Uh, I've also seen the Harbor Fest. I've seen the town center stuff. I've seen like the, uh, obviously ECSC and stuff like that down at the ocean front. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I like, and there's nothing against those things. It's like, it, it is, those are, those are perfect. And they're, they're managed really well. And they're, you know, they're promoted very well. It's like, we just don't have any, like, we, you know, we didn't have anything like that for, I want to say nerd culture, you know, like yeah. we didn't have something that's just like, Oh man, if you really like Spider-Man, there's not a lot of whole. There's not, with the exception of when the movies come out. There's not a lot of days that you can go out dressed as Spider-Man, just you know, walking around. Everybody's cool with it. Yep, know? absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree. In the last, I moved here about six years ago, and it was it was tough uh, starting off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there weren't there weren't any events. There weren't any conventions. Even sometimes movie showings were you know kind of Spartan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you wouldn't mind telling us just kind of how you uh, how you went about getting started with the the whole convention. How, I mean. I, I know it sounds dumb, but it's like I just I saved up a little money. I, uh, the the big thing was that I sold a good portion of my own comic book collection to make the show happen. So I sold as many comics as I could. I had a garage sale or two. Uh, I went on AMC's Comic Book Men to sell some, um, I guess, like rare props and stuff like that. Um, and that put me over the edge of like, okay, now I have enough money to do this. So no matter what, you know, I won't go into debt from it or this or that. And like that's that's kind of been the the plan all along is like, you know, we keep doing these events like yard sales, garage sales, movie nights, that kind of stuff. Uh, we meet people that are really, really into it. And like, it's kind of a better thing than just saying I'm going to come to town two days a year and like post it up like it's a like a carnival. And then the two days later, I'm going to take all the money and run. Like, this is a much better way to do it. Like, be 
kind of hands on with the community. Like we got um, we got a bunch of new events with the libraries, and we got we're doing we're helping out with Batman Day for Barnes and Noble and DC Comics Spectacular. They're, they're each each of those is going to be a, a new event, and like we're to the point now where people are reaching out to us to help with those things, which is just fantastic. Actually, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys have had a in the in the last uh, you know six months have had a real explosion on social media. Well, there's <laughs> there's a uh, there's a couple people to, to thank for that, and it's just like uh, myself, Brian, and um, one of our volunteers, Avery. Like we are just on there nonstop. So like, there's not a day that goes by where we don't post two or three times, and like really actively going after people. It's not you can't just say we have a website. It's a uh, we ha- you have to get people to that. And so we're we're it's it's grassroots, but it's still social media. Like it is very easy to get people online to like something, but it's also now get that same person who liked you online to come out to an event. And you'll see that the numbers the numbers kind of shrink a little bit, but it's like those are the those are the diehards, those are the dedicated people that like will come out and like really really help out. Oh yeah, I see, I remember uh, it was probably back in March, and you guys hit. I was I liked you guys in around the five hundred mark, and you guys just hit right. seven thousand recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seven. that's only a, only a few uh, a few months. Yeah, it's um, but, but that's just it. Is everybody okay? So a really good example is. Um, because it actually happened, now people can get behind it. It's not one of these shows that um, I've I've seen some pages where it's like, oh, we're doing a show and the show never comes, and they keep changing the date and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, you know, we we put our money where our mouth was, and people came out to it and had a good time, and then those people go home and tell, you know, a hundred of their friends. And like, I want to say the the day after the show, we just got a crazy flood of likes, and it was like, oh man, and it was. And what's what's sad was most of it was, I'm so sad I missed this. I didn't know about this, and it's like. With with the limited, very very limited budget that we had, it wasn't easy to get the word out to every single person. That, like I feel bad about that, but it's like you have to start small. So, well, the other cool thing that I've noticed is that you have some local businesses that have um, sponsored it, and um, I'm fans of them, like Video Game Heaven. Um, I'm friends with one of the guys over there, and when is I it saw Nick by that, chance? yes, it is. Yes, Nick is um, fantastic. Nick is awesome. Yeah, he he really is. And when I saw that he had posted that they were sponsoring it, I was like, that's awesome. I mean, of course, I had already known about Tidewater Comic Con. But just seeing that, I mean, there are so many people that are fans of our page or fans of Nick's page. And they're actually finding out about this through that, too. I love that. Right. I, I, well, the thing is this. it's um, I wanted to get sponsors that weren't comic book directly related, if that makes any sense. Because we have so many vendors. If one person stepped forward and said, we're going to give you X amount of money. We want our name on it. It's like, oh, that would be rough to all the other comic book shops that I'd have to put posters into, you know? They'd be like, yeah. oh, you, our competition is right on that poster. We're just kind of, you know, shouting that out to everybody. Um, so we got one game store, one tattoo shop, and we're probably going to get the third or fourth this week. Um, and I can't talk about it until they're they're confirmed, but, like, it's, it's, it's coming along really, really well. And so... Um, the video game, I mean, like, those things are hand in hand. Like, the fact that there are video, superhero video games is just an easy connection to make. It's like, that's one degree away, and there's not, like, I'm not offending the entire comic book community by taking one side as, like, who's the favorite shop, or who's better at this, or who's better at that. Um, and, and Video Game Head has been nothing but cool to us. Like, we've been able to tag along to their Geek Night trivia. Um, we're going to do a sidewalk sale with those guys, and they are going to help us. Um, is, would it be cool if I mentioned something on here that is, like, I guess, breaking news for you guys? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. October 30th uh, at the Central Library, we're going to be doing Tower Comic Con Movie Night presented by Tower Comic Con and Video Game Heaven. And it's um, a double feature and it's arcade night. And we're going to be showing Wreck It Ralph, and then a small break for trivia, and then we'll be showing Scott Pilgrim. 
Um, that, it's, that's it's, a fantastic combination. <laughs> yeah, it's it's free. It's like we want families to come out. Um, Video Game Heaven is going to be bringing out their. Uh, they have a a Mario and a Bowser. They have like guys that dress up and stuff. So it's like going to be one of those things. Like just come out, have a good time. You know, like at the very very beginning, you know, we <laughs> we basically preach for a minute and just go like, hey guys, could you please like us on Facebook? And that's that's it. Like that's if your entry to this is. You know, you clicking like on our page, then so be it. Like, and the, they're happy, we're happy, then we all get to sit and watch a movie, or two, two movies. All right, so we'll uh, we'll definitely have to keep that on the calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in general, kind of where do you see the convention going from here? Obviously, we have the uh, the October show, but uh, um, I've actually this is kind of crazy. I've got it planned out um, for the next three years, as far as like wow. Um, <laughs> I, Almost next year, almost all of next year is entirely booked as far as the events we know we're going to do. Um, just to give you guys a, a very, very fun rundown. And like, I'll ask you each of these, and you guys just say if you would go to it or not, whatever. Um, July 5th, we're doing our garage sale. Like, again, it's just the, the money that we raise at the garage sales is enough for us to get new guests and stuff without us having to resort to high ticket prices or going to Kickstarter, that kind of thing. July 26th is Super, <laughs> Super Taco Extravaganza at Tijuana Flats. I don't know if you guys have one out your way in Portsmouth, right? Um, I don't know if we do or not. Uh, well, it's, I'll have to look it's into a, that. It's an absolutely awesome Mexican food joint, and it's a they're going to have like a Spider-Man bounce house, and we're going to have cosplayers, and it's like fifteen percent of all the money made that night goes to us, and we get to turn around and spend that on getting another guest to come out, or flying down some DC artist, or you know, just making the show as as as, as big and big and bad, <laughs> big and great as we can, I guess. Um, That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Then we got after that, uh, we're doing Chicho's um, superhero extravaganza. We're doing like just a it's it's during ECSC, but you can come over to Chicho's, which is this fantastic pizza place on 29th Street. Um, and all these places are people that like I actually know, so it's kind of great to get to help out places that I go to, and in turn they're helping me out. And it's not it's not one of these we're sponsored by people that I have no interest in or that the community doesn't have any interest in. We're not just taking blind money from like. <laughs> I guess corporate America. It's like, look, you've got a cool place that I love the pizza. We're going to go hang out there. And like, you know, we're going to do a super cornhole there, which is some friends of mine right now are helping me make uh, boards that'll have like the Batman logo, the Superman logo, Green Lantern Flash, all that kind of stuff. And it's just, just fun stuff to go do. And uh, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lack of like free fun events that people can go do. So this is, this would be one of those Like, come out, you know, have a good time. Talk to us about comics get you know and then this is the best way for us to meet people and get opinions on like face-to-face opinions on what do you want to see at the show you know what do you imagine a show to be what kind of guests do you like what kind of panels are you looking for all that kind of stuff like it's the the direct um research versus just like you know a million people telling you their opinion on on the internet which can get a little uh i guess a little crazy anonymity does weird things to people on the internet yes yes it does (laughs) no those definitely sound like great Especially, I like that um, it's family-friendly, too. I know I, I don't have a family, and Andrew um, doesn't either, but at the same time, I mean, I've got cousins that live in the area, and they've got, you know, they're married, they've got three or four kids. They all love comics, um, right. and there's not a whole lot available. I mean, they could go out to a comedy night, but comedy nights usually aren't very family-friendly, that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I think there's, I think there's two things to say to that. Um, one... One is, yeah, we're trying to get like the families in because uh, comic books as, as a as a medium are going to kind of slowly start to die off if we don't get new readers in. So to show a kid, 
here, you already like Spider-Man, you already like Captain America, you like Iron Man, and to show them, like, here's the advantages of reading a comic book. Like, you know, sit down, learn a little bit, here's more adventures you can check out just by reading a book. We help out at the local libraries, all that kind of stuff. But the second thing is, when you, you said that you and Andrew both don't have families, I think I think you're you're kind of overlooking the idea of the of just the nerd community in general. And it, sh- it should be that, like, you know, this kind of feels like family when you go. Like, this should be, like, you can come to the show and talk to a million people with the same interests. And, like, that, sh- that should kind of – I'm not going to say by any means replace the family feel, but it should be like, oh, man, these are my these are my peers. These are my nerds, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and I agree. I mean, you know, I think a lot of what has been missing in ta- at times and kind of in the local area is that sense of, of nerd community. Um, and we, some of the some of the stores you know in the area have really helped um, push to, to to work on that, but yeah, I mean we need these kind of large events where we can. I mean you can only cram so many people in a comic book store. Right, I I totally agree. Like this is this, the you know like I said before, it's like if if we think of it more as a party than a like than a business opportunity or a like all that kind of stuff. Like that's kind of where the mindset is. Um, and before when you and I like we were just talking about. Um, spring and october the or i guess the fall and spring um the october show is only it's just i guess it's a stress test it's to see how much we can handle um how many guests we can deal with and like how many volunteers we need before we can pull off something like a two-day show every spring and there would be a two-day show every spring at the virginia beach convention center all these small events during the year to kind of keep people excited and then a one-day event at a a smaller venue than the convention center obviously but that one would be okay you know if we can if if the spring show goes so well every year, I would love to be able to say, and now we get to have a show close to Halloween for comic books and, and keep it free. Like, I know we can't keep a two-day show at the convention center free. Like, the costs are just too high. But, like, right. I'd love to turn around and tell the community, hey, guys, we did so well at that show or we did so well at our garage sales during the year that guess what? Nobody has to pay for the October show. We're all just going to have a good time. That would be a lot of fun. That yeah. would be amazing. <laughs> that's That's the goal. That's the plan. So, like, you know, um, so the next the next three years, I just want to get the show as big as possible and not sacrifice any, uh, I guess, any of that party feeling. Um, the other thing is, like, in all the conventions that I've been, like, I want to separate our show from other people's show by us having a little bit of a, a little bit more spectacle and a little bit more feel of a. We've been <laughs> we've been calling it this for a couple of days now. Um, you guys are familiar with uh, Willy Wonka, Charlie, and the Chocolate Factory. Of course. Factory? Okay, so we're we're calling it the full Wonka, and by that I mean when you walk in the doors, you should just feel like you're someplace amazing. You should like you should walk in the door and be like, oh my gosh, there's inflatable dolphins, and there's a guy like, and there's a statue of Batman, or there's like, you know, just crazy stuff that you don't see anyplace else. I don't want to walk in and have the same feeling that I have when I go to a basic flea market, where it's like, okay, there's a row of vendors, there's a row of this, there's a row of that. I love seeing the artists, and it's like I'd like to, you know, uh, showcase that a little better than I've seen in other places. Um, but I want it to be where you go in and like, um, you guys know what like the I guess the stand-ins are and stuff like that, where you go to the beach and like there's a muscle man and a woman, and you put your faces in and take a picture. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I want more of that. I want more of the free interactive stuff that's not so. Um, I've been to some places where like they do that, and it's like five bucks to get your picture with that kind of thing, and I'm like, that is such to me like it's like. It's like you pay to get in. You're already helping out the show. There need to be a couple things that you get just for attending. There should be some things that are just fun, like, you know, you get a raffle ticket no matter what just for going in. Like, and then everything else is – that's fine. But, like, you have just as much of a chance of, like, having a great experience as anybody else without having to 
rely so much on um, I guess like some of the some of the big shows that you really have to spend like a lot of money to do to do a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because we're uh, we're in the middle of try- um, I, I happen to be the only one who got it, but in the middle of trying to get tickets for New York Comic Con and oh. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think the, there were what six of us trying to get them, and you were the only one that made it. Yeah, so no. far, well, successful. So far, we we have we have other methods of getting tickets, but sure. Oh, actually, you guys are pressed. You should you guys should be able to at least apply for like you know uh, podcast passes and stuff like that, right? Uh, we're working on it. Okay, good. <laughs> well, good luck to you. Like, I know some people that like, I know I know some people where it's like. Um, a husband got in and the wife didn't like that that kind of stuff oh. Like, oh, like, this is just terrible and they're like they're, they're trying to go by train and they already got their tickets for that so it's like jeez so. yeah that's, that's kind of a mess uh, so if you wouldn't mind for a second kind of walk us through uh, what a kind of a day in the life for convention planning is I know you mentioned your, your social media but <laughs> um, it's rough I'm not gonna lie uh, I can give you a couple examples of the last couple of days uh, <laughs> yesterday um was a couple hours on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that kind of stuff, and you just spread the word as often as you can. You follow up on every email from people that said maybe from the last show or people that are like just you you check everything. It's like you research other people's conventions. You say, oh, this guy's available. You, you go to the um, celebrity booking agents and you say who might be available by then. And these things change like all the time. So it's like and before and if you're not on the ball, like you know, you miss a chance to get this guy or that guy. Um, or somebody, somebody jumps in ahead of you and, and bids on somebody, and you get you don't get a guest that you've been dying to have forever, and like you know, that that can kind of just ruin your day. Um, I go out to all the comic shops um, a couple times a week, and I just meet with those guys and like you know do all I can to help out the comic book community. I stop at Video Game Heaven, talk to those guys. Um, yesterday, I drove all the way to Hampton Newport News to talk to a couple shops and get them ready for us having our buttons and stickers ready. Um, helping coordinate with some of the, like I said, Barnes & Noble library events. Um, some of the comic shops just want some extra help with their sales. So we just, you know, we say, okay, well, we'll help make you an, an event page and get some people out to it. And that's kind of like a, our newsletter uh, that we send out once a month just tells people, hey, there's all these fun things that, you know, there is to do. And it's not all paid stuff. And some of it's just like a really good example is Atomic Comics um, on August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd is going to have all of their back issues or a dollar. And so even as you flip through that, it's like some of these books are like, you know, four or five, six bucks. And it's like every single thing in there. And it's like it's, uh, the largest shop that I know of in Hampton might be the largest shop in Virginia Beach, you know, combined all that area, like the Hampton Roads area. Um, and after that, we left and went to lunch and talked to some people, more people about getting some flyers made, had to approve some, had to had to see if we had it in the budget to get um, Popman, who just, who just announced we're going to get him to do a limited edition print for the show. And it all comes down to, oh, we don't have enough money, so the July 5th, we have to make X amount of money just to make these things happen. So, And then, in the middle of the Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel, my car broke down. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, in the middle. Like, in the dead middle of it. And they had to clear the entire tunnel. They bring a tow truck out. Uh, they towed me to the middle. Another tow truck brought me home. Had to get my car fixed, and then right back to... The minute my car was fixed and I was fine, right back to... And let me go talk to this guy and see if he wants a table. Let me go talk to this possible sponsor... Let me go talk to this vendor and make sure that he's okay with where he's going to be seated, seating for his tables, that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's a, it's a easily every day, 10 to 12 hours. And then every now and again, like something happens where in the middle of the night, I get an idea and I just start jotting it down. And like, you know, I just, 
it's 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 definitely not a nine to five by any means. So, and it, if it was a nine to five, I imagine that we wouldn't be as far ahead as we are. Like how you were saying, like, okay, I you noticed that we just we just cleared seven thousand, and by Friday we should clear eight thousand people. Um, and that doesn't Holy happen crap. by just yeah, that doesn't happen by just you know hoping things will work out. It's like you're constantly out there. It's kind of like running for president, actually, <laughs> or at least mayor. So um, right now I feel like I'm running for the mayor of the nerds. That's what I'm. But doing. without the super pack behind you. Exactly. No super pack whatsoever. This is this is very uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. I don't know. This we know is... a few people. Maybe we can arrange something. <laughs> hey, that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's just it's just one of those things where if if I didn't love it, I'd have been burned out a long time ago. And and I like waking up every day going, I have this crazy idea. How can I make this happen? Uh, as far as crazy ideas go, for next spring, you guys might enjoy this. Did you guys play? Um, Marvel vs. Capcom when you were younger? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so in the, so there's also X-Men vs. Street Fighter. And what I'd like to do is get a projection screen and be able to show giant-sized X-Men vs. Street Fighter and let people play, like, 20-foot versions of, like, Magneto versus you know, uh, Ryu and all that kind of stuff. And just be like, again, a very, you know, a very fun spectacle kind of thing. That Absolutely. Sounds, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> I, just, I mean, like, that's one of those things that I would get in line for that, and I wouldn't even care. If I saw somebody doing something like that, I'd be like, that's fantastic. Or try to look into, um, there are companies that used to sell, um, like you would go in front of Kmart and there would be like a, a 1989 Batmobile um, coin-operated little ride for kids. Oh, and yeah. You, you can get those and you can rig them to be free all day. So it's like, again, you know, spectacle. So Right. right. But, in, but in the meantime, it means hunting some of these things down and figuring out where you're going to put them and what do you do in the meantime, only to use them for two days, and then you, you put them back in storage afterwards, and blah, 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 blah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot more than people think. People think it's just me talking to cool comic book artists online, and like it just works. It's like half the time it doesn't, more than half the time it doesn't work. Somebody's booked, or every now and again somebody's just not interested, or somebody's just not impressed with your show, and it's like, it's a rough thing to try to sell a show that, like, you know, to me and you guys, it's like, oh, this is the biggest show in the area, like, and it's going to get bigger. Somebody else is like, no, I can't come and do that one. That's not as big as a show as I need to be at. Like, oh, that's a rough one. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So, so Mike, are you are you more of a uh, more of a Marvel guy or more of a DC guy? I'm everything. I, if it, um, as long as it entertains me, that's fine. Like, um, I'll check out Arrow. I'll watch uh, when Flash comes out. I Smallville. I don't care. Agents of Shield. Um, the X Men movies, everything. Like it's my thing is if it's comic book related, I'll check it out. And like the the, the thing about it is this: um, there was a time <laughs> when I was a kid where there was no there was no Marvel movies, there was no DC movies. So I'm not gonna sit here and complain when I'm finally living in the era where it's like I can go watch these things on a big screen. It means a lot to me. So it's like it's a lot of fun. And like I don't need every movie. Like Captain America Two was amazing. It was like all right, there's. There's this level of intrigue and espionage that was had never existed in a Marvel movie before that. But if it was just if if it wasn't that way and it was more like Captain America one or if it was more fun like the Avengers movie, I wouldn't have cared. I'd have still been like, look, I'm watching Captain America on the big screen. Like you guys can nitpick and complain all you want about oh this didn't happen or that didn't happen or Crossbones wasn't going by the name Crossbones. I, I care less about all that stuff. The fact that I'm seeing uh, a really great example is Nightcrawler in X Men two. Like, when he attacks the White House and, like, you know, bamps his way through these guards and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I get to see that. I'm living in that era. Fantastic. That's a great attitude to have. I'm not sure if that answers your question. Like, because, like, I really don't feel like I'm Marvel or DC or Image or Dark Horse. Like, there's something great about all of them. So, 
Oh no, that's fine. I know. Yeah. Some people, some people have have uh, have preferences. Some don't. That's cool. I, I, I'm sure. Deep, <laughs> I'm sure. Deep in my heart, my answer is like Nightcrawler, Batman. Like those. Like there's there's those gut reactions. But it's like when right. I really really think about, it, there's not a lot that I dislike. There's not a lot that I'm like that I outright hate. Like I, mean, I wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of Fantastic Four two. But like you know, other than that, like other than that, there's you know, it's it's all just cool that it's happening. You know. So, Mike, uh, typically when we go ahead and and, uh, and wrap up the show, we we talk for a moment about uh, what we're what we've been in into lately, comics, movies, etc. So, uh, what have you been into? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> have you down, had time down the rabbit anything? hole we go? <laughs> I have no. I like I'm like as you say that I'm looking at a stack of books I still haven't gotten through from meeting new artists and stuff at um, HeroesCon. Um, Manifest Destiny is absolutely blowing my mind. I think it's great. Um, are you guys familiar with that book? Uh, I'm not actually. Uh, Manifest what? Destiny from Image, find it and get it. It's it's it reimagines Lewis and Clark, um, and it it kind of tells it as a if there was monsters and that kind of stuff in it. Like one of them has like a a uh, I guess like a Native American like bison headed god, like almost like a minotaur, and it's just crazy stuff. Like they're they're encountering you know um, uh, early American folklore and that kind of stuff. So like that's a really really great read. Um, anybody who's not reading the strain or the fall that's about to be a TV show. I went back and reread that. There's, there's a handful of DC new 52 stuff that I'm really, really enjoying. Um, the X or for, for Marvel uncanny X-Men, the Bendis stuff, guardians of galaxy, the Bendis stuff, um, the Hickman Avengers. Um, let's see. I always walking dead invincible. Um, I, I mean, I guess that's it. Like right now for the most part right now, because it's convention season, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, new people and their creations. Uh, Justin Peterson, who has a webcomic called Very Near Mint, I would just, I would just highly, highly recommend that book. It's so, so good. Um, yeah, that's it. Like, it's if I, I could probably ramble on way too long about that. That's right. How about Tracy? What about you? Well, um, the book that I'm really excited about is this one that I picked up at Phoenix Comic Con. Um, it's Scott Lynch's The Lies of Locke Lamora. And um, I would totally write a review about this book, but it's actually, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been out, and I didn't know about it. I have, I, I don't know if I've said so much on the blog, but I know Andrew's heard me speak until he's ready to probably kill me, um, about <laughs> how much I dislike wordiness in books, and how, especially Brandon Sanderson, because I, I read um, The Way of Kings, his the first in his Stormlight Archive, um, a couple weeks ago, and I just, I just don't understand why so many readers and so many writers are willing to um, world build at the expense of the story. When you're so busy explaining to me how a spell works that I forget why the hero is using the spell, then we have a problem. And so I've, <laughs> I've yeah, so I've read a couple of books that kind of do, and to some extent, don't kill me, but George R. R. Martin does the same thing. Um, <laughs> We're not going to kill you, but other people might. Other people might. Please don't release my address to anyone. Um, but Scott Lynch has completely changed my mind about modern authors i mean the first of all the vocabulary that i'm i'm an editor so the vocabulary in this book blows me away the use of really fine turns of phrases um the descriptions without breaking me out of the story just i i cannot say enough i'm about halfway through i'm on chapter seven but it's it's about halfway through and there are about 700 pages in the book so i'm I'm working on that. Um, he's actually just released number three in this series. Um, 
so I need to hurry up and catch up so that I can read that one. And then um, for comic books, I just this is an older comic, but I just finished reading um, Marvel's Infinity Event, which is my very first introduction to Thanos. Thanos? Oh wow! Whatever. Okay. Thanos. Yeah, so that was yeah. fun. Yeah, um, and I actually understand a little bit more of him because I know we've got some. Um, he's going to be showing up in some movies coming up pretty soon, so I wanted to kind of get a feel for who he was and uh, what he does in the Marvel universe. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm into. And uh, I'm still working my way through uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's my pace has slowed down a little bit, having to being back on a normal work schedule. How uh, uh, how far are you into that? Are you into the, um, not? I hope I don't spoil this. I like, are you do um, what? Ah, oh, man, there's no way to ask this. There's no way to ask this. Is that possibly brewing it? Is um <laughs> is TV one of the gods that's been mentioned? Not yet. Oh, dang it! I'm so sorry. That's all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there. Okay, good, good. <laughs> um, so I'm also trying to catch up. On, I was in, uh, I was on travel for work for about two months, so I wasn't able to get any of my uh, comics. So I've got about half a short box I need to catch up on. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> it, it'll be a little painful, but we'll we'll get there. Um, and then, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I say that I'm also working on um, working my way back through Peter David's uh, X Factor, the um, the more recent. Uh, uh, series with X Factor, the, uh, the Mutant Investigation uh, Company. Uh, is that the one with Gambit and all that? No, no, it's the one with um, uh, Multiple Man. Oh, Badrocks. Okay, I got yep. you. Um, have you ever read um, in the first? I guess the I guess the reboot with uh, Havoc and Madrox when he wasn't the leader. Uh, there's a single issue called Examinations. Are you guys familiar with that one? No. I don't think so. Okay, you guys need to find this book. Here's why. Um, there's, it's, uh, you guys know who Leonard Sampson is? Um, the green haired guy that, uh, he's a psychiatrist for the Hulk. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. He, throughout the book, you don't know it's him till the end, but it's, um, he interviews everybody from the team. So he interviews Quicksilver and he's like, everybody says you're impatient, that you're rude, blah, blah. He's like, look, and he explains that like having, having super speed is like, is like waiting in line at the A team and the person in front of you doesn't know how to use it. He's like, it's just like, it's so annoying and it drags out. And like, he talks to Polaris, he talks to Havoc, talks to Multiple Man, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, there's no action in it at all. It's just scene after scene of the individual members being interviewed by a psychiatrist to see if they're, if they're all okay to go back out in the field. And it's probably one of the best things that I have absolutely ever read. You can get it in um, X Factor Visionaries. Um, it's like, it's, okay. a, it's a very, very important issue to get. Like, it stands alone, but still kind of moves towards the next story. But it's such a good standalone issue, just... Um, seeing Peter David like write, write nothing but dialogue. It's so so good. Yeah, you thinking back, I actually may have that and just don't realize it. It's man. Oh, like find I, it. Whatever you got to do, find I, it. I've got a I've got a pretty good run of X Factor from of that uh, that volume of X Factor, so I may have that. Very cool. That. And um, and you said the, uh, you said you have a problem with not a problem with, but like uh, too many writers are uh, universe building. Well, the, at the expense of the story, so they they'll just spend so much time in deep description, and I just I don't care if it doesn't drive the story forward. Oh, no, I, that makes sense. I was just, I was wondering if you guys think that's both like if if you both think that's a problem going on in comic books where people are so interested in I guess like in in, in expanding their universe as opposed to telling one you know one good story first. Yeah, um, it's, it's actually funny you mentioned that um, when I was at Emerald City Comic Con, they were talking about uh, Peter David. Actually, was one in particular. Uh, I think he was talking about um, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, 
and he was saying uh, with several series coming out that he's um I'm losing my thought here. Oh, that he is doing like one and two issue arcs to start off with to just to kind of slowly get you into instead of jumping into like a six arc right six issue arc. Uh, and I thought that was kind of interesting, kind of a different change for change of pace, and it's a nice change, I think. So he's writing more for getting you to get to know the character as opposed to making a good trade to come out. Absolutely, yeah, that's awesome. And and, and he 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 said uh, about as much. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that that was a really good panel. It was he, C.B. Sabolsky, and a number of other people um, talking about the the future of uh, of Marvel Comics? Yeah, you know, in the next six months to a year or so. Yeah, see, I think that's a cool thing is that that wouldn't occur to me, um, except for the fact that like new writers have to do that, like to 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 get a grounding. Because otherwise, like if you're comparing yourself to DC and Marvel, it's like these guys have been around so long; they do have these huge expanded universes. So if you don't expand quickly, you could kind of lose some interest. Unless you're writing a really really great story, I, I mean, I guess it goes both ways. Well, it, for me, when I, and as someone who's fairly new to comic books. Um, at least any comic books outside of the Marvel DC, you know, um, standard stuff. I actually look for stuff where the universe isn't too big too quickly. Um, the only exception that I have to this is uh, Saga. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I get, because I wait, I always wait until all the episodes, or all the episodes, all the issues are out in a trade, and then I read the whole thing. And this has happened three times now, because there are three trades out, that I get to the end of it, and I go, wow, that was really good, and I set it down. And then all of a sudden I think, what in the world happened to the story? Like, what even just happened? I don't even know what <laughs> happened in the story, but it's an awesome, it's just an awesome book. And that, okay. so that would be my exception to my role. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't read issues 19 and 20, just, just wait. Oh, thanks. Are, are you guys um, are you guys both reading Invincible by chance? Uh, I have I have not I'm not up to date on that. I've been trying to kind of catch up over the last couple of years. Oh, you've got to. First of all, two things about it. One is um, if you get them in trades, each of the trades is named after a 1980s sitcom. So there's like Family Ties, um, Family Matters, like the, just like it's 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 very very clever and it's just like a nice little inside joke. But he does what you're talking that about. Until where it's you like, just said that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Perfect Strangers is one. Um, <laughs> I think if they if they said Alf, that would just be had, had been too much. But the um, when it, you re- when you read those ones, it's it starts off very very small. But there's so many secondary characters where he's expanding a universe without making those guys the point of the story. You're still reading very much about um, about Invincible and his life and like you know his family and stuff. But like you'll see like a random villain for just two you know two panels and like. 80 issues later that guy has his story finally comes around and it's like it's fantastic it's like the only thing i can compare it to is uh i guess usagi yojimbo where it's like it just goes and goes and goes and you love it for you love it just because it keeps going like yeah. it's not because it's not because every six issues is you know and now he finally beats up this villain like and it, it was it was so rough to do it it's like no like i'm, I'm kind of over reading about those kind of things you know yeah absolutely but if, if that's the case you guys should absolutely check out um check out invincible for just for that alone just for the fact that it is a slowly expanding universe but still very very character driven yes i will definitely throw that on my my reading pile of doom that keeps growing the problem with that one is the the problem with i guess with invincible is everybody that i know will will binge it because it's you know a lot of people miss the boat on that so it's like even myself it's like you know by the time i was reading it they already had two if not three trades and it's one of those books that like you you read one you're like oh my god you burn through eight and then you're like, let me get the next trade. And, like, I, th- I think when I was doing it, I was working at a comic shop, and, like, they were just ordering 
two, three, and four for me, you know, about a week apart. Nice. Yeah, it's I, really I did good. something similar with uh, Transmetropolitan. Oh, uh, at the time I was a poor college student, so that didn't help. Right. <laughs> nice, nice part about that one though was um, a friend of mine started doing the same thing, and we had we had timed it uh, just 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 off, where when he went to try and buy the trades, they were in between printings and he couldn't find them. Oh no! <laughs> so he had, to, he had to borrow a bunch of them for me. So. Well, Mike, again, we want to thank you for, for coming on the show and talking with us today. Oh, I want to thank you guys for having me. Uh, also, um, j- just I want to be, like I'm just curious: Will both of you guys be able to attend the October show? Just Absolutely. out of curiosity. Yeah, okay, definitely. So, so this is how it works for me. So every time that I talk to people about this, like I don't care if they're on the podcast or person to person, and you know, shaking hands and all that stuff, I just ask you guys, you know, tell everybody you can buy your podcast, buy your Facebook, buy your Twitter, any of that stuff. Like just help us make this like a great, great show that we can kind of all be proud of and say we all helped, you know? Absolutely. Definitely. We're, we're really cool. looking forward to Very the show. Cool. <laughs> all right. So once again, I'm Andrew and I'm Tracy and you've been listening to therefore I geek. Hey folks, Andrew here again. After our great interview with Mike Federale from Tidewater Comic Con, we wanted to go ahead and take this opportunity to announce that Therefore I Geek will be attending Tidewater Comic Con as an exhibitor. This will be our first convention as an exhibitor, and we're really excited about it. We hope that you'll come and check us out. In the meantime, head over to thereforeigeek.com, facebook.com slash thereforeigeek, or on Twitter at thereforeigeek for more great content, as well as updates about the convention. And once again, a big thanks to Mike for joining us for this episode.